2: Hello, boys and ghouls. I hope you're ready for a truly terrifying time with this truly gruesome twosome, disgusting, spine-chilling, ghastly, shuddersome, wicked stories of the macabre and cinema. So check under the bed, make sure the doors are locked, and turn off the lights at your own risk, for you never know what terror lurks or who creeps around the corner. And now your ghosts, I mean hosts, macabre and ghoul. Thank you, spooky goo. <laughs> Spew. Spew. <laughs> Welcome in to a spine-tingling episode of Macabre and Ghoul. Macabre. And macabre. Sitting here with Mac-abre. <laughs> Sup, ghoul. Nothing much, Mac. I'm really excited about Macabre and Ghoul. Yeah. And, and Action-packed month. Come for the friendship,
1: stay for the booze. <laughs> Very fitting opening to the month. We had a uh, great death this past week. <laughs> a great death. A great death.
2: Did uh, it get you excited? I don't
1: know if I would say I was excited. Hugh Hefner bit the bullet, you mm-hmm. know. He's not coming down for breakfast. He's
2: no longer eating soup in bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> watching old movies. Um,
1: First of all, did you see that story from one of his like former girlfriends? No, about how he would take a Viagra, lay down in bed, and then all of his girlfriends would like ride him in succession
2: for like two minutes each. No, I hadn't. <laughs> what age was he? Because that that, was, that like
1: five years ago. Ugh. So that that's a nice little America's story for
2: favorite seaboat captain.
1: I think dead. E- I think every <laughs> every male born in the United States between I don't know nineteen fifty and 2005.
2: That's a wide range, yeah, man. Yeah, I
1: think within that 55-year range, I think all of them were affected by Hugh Hefner in one way or another. Is that affected with an A or an E? I don't care to, <laughs> I don't care to look that up. I believe it's an E. Uh, I think it's with an A. Is it? Yeah. I'm going to get to the bottom of that right now. Yeah, Mac and it Grammar. An it is an A. <laughs> Mac and Grammar. <laughs> Mac and Grammar. <laughs> uh, Hefsteth, it's a good way to start macabre and ghoul
2: i'm not a big fan of heff everyone's going nuts over this death
1: i don't really have an opinion on heff the person one way or the other i think he saw a uh he's not a business he man. capitalized he's a, a business, business man, man. Playboy Mansion is like an iconic place. That that Filled thing will live on forever.
2: Herpes. If you hop in the gondola, yeah, no, one should, no yeah. one should
1: touch things, but they should definitely they should give tours through there at the very least. I think they do. The pool at the Playboy Mansion in particular was amazing. Come the for the cave. friendship,
2: stay for the herpes.
1: <laughs> Come for the friendships. Nice. Goo, what was your first issue of Playboy? I
2: never had a Playboy.
1: You never had a Playboy. No. Okay. It's way too clean for me. Well, the other thing is... I need we, filth. We we grew up in the era where the internet was around. Yeah. So, like, I owned two
2: Playboys in my whole life. I think Vivid is my generation's <laughs> Playboy. <laughs> yeah. So, you just mentioned Macabre and Ghoul. Sure. Macabre and Ghoul. Macabre. Yes. Topics for the month. We are going to do a bunch of Mac and Gooby vaults. Mm. But not for mm. individual years. No. Too many years, too many days. Too many movies. We are going to be doing... Decades, Yes. And this episode we'll be starting out with is 1970s horror movies. So that means 1970 through 1979. We'll then be doing 80 through 89, 90 through 99, so on and so forth. Boom. Those will be the anchor episodes yeah. of Macabre and Ghoul. You'll get one of those a week. Other episodes, though, big market tease. Yeah. We will have a Treehouse of Horror draft. Boom. That is individual Simpsons Treehouse of Horror sketches Drafted by Mac, Goo, and then TBT. <laughs> Not TBT, that is... <laughs> TBD. 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 Mac and Grammar. We'll be doing a review on the entire Halloween series, possibly my favorite slasher horror series, even though almost all of them are terrible. <laughs> Halloween TV, talking about candy. Big candy guy over That there. episode could be five minutes long. That episode could be five hours long. <laughs> You will know by the duration. You'll have to tune in to find out. (laughs) Tune in. You will know as soon as it downloads. Mac (laughs) likes music. Mm. Halloween has a very odd choice of music. We'll be going over that. (laughs) And then, of course, our Halloween 2017 predictions. What we assume we'll be seeing. Hugh Hefner just died. I think we'll be seeing a bunch of idiots (laughs) wearing robes and blowing bubbles. Yes. Yes, that's true. Also, a tease for the You Love Shared Universe's universe. That makes me laugh every time. Hashtag Dorktober 2 Electric Boogaloo <laughs> with Rich Creep and Rotten <laughs> Davy. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. I am all about... Su- Rich Creep and Rotten Davy. <laughs> I'm all about sweet, spooky Halloween names, so get used to it. Oh, uh, that Rotten Davey. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be doing top 50 horror movies. Mm-hmm. And then the Boo-oxers. Huh? <laughs> eh? Oh, yeah. the Booxers. I don't think anything Halloween-wise, but Goo was on this Monday's episode. Go check that out. I filled in for Wesley boo host, who's dead. Yeah, so that's a macabre right there. Macabre. And Mucus Escarves. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. I hope that you didn't spend more than like 30 seconds coming up with this. Get ready for
2: a full month of this. Full month of this. Mucus. Oh, boy. Boom. You love shared universes. Yes. Universe. Mac, let's get to some Soch Meads-ish. Soch Meads-ish. So first off, last week's episode went off swimmingly. Mm. Movies that should be remade. Yep. We got some tweets. We got some emails. Let me start off with an email. This is from Tim. He says, Hi, guys. Love the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Just listened to your deserving movie remake episode, and I think you forgot one. Arguably the greatest science fiction novel ever written has turned into inarguably one of the worst movies ever made Dune. I'd Ooh. love to see that trilogy come to life. Keep up the good work. I have never seen Dune, but I am aware of
1: Dune, and I think there's actually like a cult following for Dune. I think some people really like it, but I have read that. You say cult? Cult. Okay, I least it's something else, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I have read that. That went through like a bunch of directors and producers or something like that, so it was rushed. It wasn't well made. Obviously, didn't read the book. Readings for Nerds. So that is a well-deserved remake, Dune.
2: Readings for Nerds. <laughs> Gets me every time.
1: <laughs> Joey tweeted at us, at Joey Gloucester, remakes I'd watch. Jumper, no Sam Jackson. I didn't mind that Jumper movie, but fair point. Uh, third Wave, don't know what that movie is. Do you know that movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, hackers, that's not bad. 90s movie. Or Slackers with Jason Siegel. Ooh. How about that one instead? <laughs> Double Dragon. Boom. And he had a hot take alert for uh, the Halloween 3 remake. Spooky.
2: This is a spooky one.
1: Jamie Lee Curtis is the killer in Halloween 3. That's his prediction.
2: So that's a good prediction, but are we thinking, is she wearing the Shatner mask?
1: Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out here. What if we find out that she was Michael Myers the entire time? <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how they could possibly spin this around so that Jamie Lee Curtis is the killer.
2: Do you think that they have her as Jamie Lee Curtis at the age she is right now or they do the age reduction thing and make her like
1: the Robert Downey Jr. type yeah, of yeah. situation? I don't know. That's going to be interesting. That's I hope gonna they be don't. Interesting for sure. I, I hope they don't do it. So they're going to have to set what was the first movie that she was in after Halloween 2?
2: How would I know that? That's a good Why? No, no, no. no. Cool. The
1: first Halloween movie. First Halloween movie.
2: Oh, the first Halloween movie after Halloween 2? Yeah, yeah. H2O.
1: So it was H2O. Yeah, because she was only
2: mentioned in Halloween 4.
1: Okay, so it won't be
2: that hard to set this shortly before H2O. No, but if you're setting it before H2O, you are Days of Future Pasting H2O. They're getting rid of all the other movies that are in that That's what they're doing? Yes.
1: Okay. All right, so then they can fucking set it at any time, really. So the possibilities are endless.
2: Space. Manhattan.
1: (laughs) They already tried that with Friday the 13th. Didn't work out well.
2: You can check that. I don't think that actually happened. Uh,
1: You had mentioned in uh, Deserving Remakes that Fever Pitch was deserving of a remake. Yeah, why remake a good movie? (laughs) And uh, Backcracker, Dr. Joe Gilmore, said, Goo, I love you, but if they remake Fever Pitch, I'm going to hold you responsible. I think that's fair.
2: But then he did say that if they remake Wild Things, it's all forgiven. True. And then on the old iTunes... We got some reviews, Mm. very nice reviews. Yes, we did. Fab Gulas from 123 Roddy321, please step forward and receive your Mac and goodies. And we also got a review from Poopy Ashley Forever. (laughs) We know Poopy Ashley. Yes, we do. We know her very well. she wrote, I heart Mac and Gatos. I'm only here for the shirt. (laughs) And I don't know how iTunes works, yeah. but we've got these reviews. Yep. I assume that we've gotten hundreds of subscribers since last yeah, week. Yeah, thousands maybe. Thousands yeah. maybe. Yeah, we I've have been slipped, hitting
1: Verizon stores across the country.
2: We have slipped to third in the Mac and poll.
1: I think that goes by searches.
2: I think what's happening I is we're search, telling people no, about
1: Mac and Gatos, and they're searching Mac and Gatos. No,
2: I search Mac and Goo at least 24 hours in a day. At 60. At least 1,000 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever searched Mac and Goo. I search Mac and Goo constantly.
1: Okay, well, you're boosting the numbers up, and I like that. <laughs> no,
2: they don't care about searches. All I they, think they do care all about All they care searches. about
1: is listens, No, no, I know that. That's reviews. for rankings. But I'm sorry, tar- in that search bar, if everyone's searching one thing, that's going to be at the top of the list. Do you work for Apple?
2: No, but that's just common sense. No, it is- <laughs> that's not common sense. You <laughs> yes, just made is. that up. No, I think it's terrible. Okay. Whatever. Mac, we also, we're jumping into a new Mac and Gooby Yes. vault here. Yep, yep. And we're going to have you guys vote on what you think the best movie is. Yeah. And These are going
1: to be some good polls, yes. good Twitter polls.
2: But we had a poll up two weeks ago yeah for the year
1: 2014. 2014. Maybe one of our favorite years. Yep. It was a great year in film. Four nominees were Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Winter Soldier, King's Men, Secret Service, and The Lego Movie. And Guardians did win at 64%. And
2: speaking of spooky, it slaughtered the a- other movies. Absolutely slaughtered the other yeah. three.
1: Weekend Warrior Pod said, uh, Edge of Tomorrow is a fantastic movie. Cruises best in years and should have been in the top four, even though nothing touches Guardians of the Galaxy. I still haven't seen that movie. It's good. I hear it's very good. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that. Josh Tony said, Bloodbath. Yep. Absolutely agree. Very mm. macabre of us. Bloodbath. Hmm, uh, And there was a couple other replies, and they're basically just praising Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think that was the easiest year we've had yet. Despite how good of a year it was in film, I think Guardians has really captivated any comic book nerd, any science fiction nerd. It just covers a broad spectrum of movie fans.
2: I agree. Mac, let's move on to the appetizer, to mm. the main topic. Sure. The main topic is horror movies. From the year 1970 to 1979. The 70s. The 70s, but as a preamble to that, Mm. let's quickly do our favorite pre-70s horror movies. Nice SAT word there with the preamble. Mac and Grammar. (laughs) Mac, what are some pre-70s movies that we'd be dumb not to mention?
1: So, I think we're starting with the 70s, first of all, because that's when... The horror uh, genre really kicked it up a notch. There are definitely good horror movies pre-1970, but it's hard to find great ones. There's a couple, but it's few and far between.
2: Well, I mean, you have the monster movies. Right, right.
1: We'll just run through some of the ones that if you're a fan of horror movies, you either have seen, should have seen, or might want to see. Or you don't like because old movies are stupid. (laughs) Some of them are very stupid, but some of them are stupid enough that you should watch. and be like, wow, this is really stupid. Two silent movies. I watched both of these in that humanities class back in high school. Yep. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, 1920, and Nosferatu, 1922. Yep. Both actually really good movies. They're silent films, so it's nothing that you're going to like watch over and over. But I think you should definitely see them at least once,
2: especially if you're a fan of horror movies. And then when it comes to Nosferatu, still one of the best throwaway SpongeBob SquarePants jokes, they can't figure out who's haunting the Krusty Krab, and then they figure out who did it, but the lights keep on flickering, and then they pan over, and it's Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going, Nosferatu! And then he smiles. Isn't awesome. Mm. That's it. And then there's a bunch of movies that
1: you've probably heard of but likely not seen yet. The Phantom of the As Opera. As opposed to the other two, which
2: you've <laughs> definitely seen.
1: Well, I would say there's a great chance they saw those. That's like cinema classics, those two right there. And then you have The Phantom of the Opera, 1925, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, 1931, Dracula 1931, Frankenstein 1931, Freaks 1932, The Mummy 1932, King Kong 1933, The Invisible Man 1933, The Bride of Frankenstein 1935, and The Wolfman 1941, and a bunch of those I just named were part of the universal monsters that they are trying to remake.
2: And if you haven't seen those, you'll be seeing the remakes. You'll be (laughs) flocking to the theater soon. To see those remakes. Well,
1: that Tom Cruise, the mummy movie, was
2: their attempt it's at, the at, universe. at starting that
1: universal monster shared universe. Yeah. It's off to a colossal failure start.
2: I heard that Tom Cruise's mummy movie should have just been called Tom Cruise Running from Dirt. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's kind of what the original mummy movie was, though. Not the original, the uh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, but Brendan Fraser, let's just come out and say this. Yeah. So much more likable than Tom Cruise. Oh, for sure. I was joking. <laughs> no, definitely. People don't like Tom Cruise. People don't like Brendan Fraser. You ever seen Monkey Bone?
1: (laughs) Okay. This is a terrible conversation. (laughs) That's right. House of Wax, 1953. A Vincent Price movie. Mm, Uh, Vincent Price. The Creature from the Black Lagoon. uh, He eventually gets turned
2: into the Ninja Turtles. Correct. That's exactly...
1: That's the evolution there. Godzilla in 1954. The Blob in 1958. The
2: Fly in 1958, another Vincent Price movie. Even though I love Vincent Price, the remake in the 1980s is actually better. I would agree with that.
1: By the way, Vincent Price was in about 20 horror movies between, I don't know, 1950 and 1970. He's kind of the inspiration for Macabre and Ghoul. He's 100% the inspiration <laughs> yeah. for Macabre and Ghoul. There's a, There's a lot of bad ones in there, but there's a lot of good ones,
2: he too. He loved to say macabre. Yeah. It was the best yeah. thing in the
1: world. And, uh, you also had House on Haunted Hill, another Vincent Price one, which might be his best one. Uh, that was 1959. And Night of the Living Dead, 1968. And then you had uh, Alfred Hitchcock coming in the late 50s and make a bunch of pretty good horror thriller type of movies from the late 50s until, you know, 1970 or so. But the crown jewel of them all was Psycho in 1960. So for the pre-1970 Mac and Goofy vault, there will be no poll. We're just awarding birds. <laughs> yeah birds right birds they're everywhere the birds.
2: if you want to talk about movies that do not hold up well that might be top five ever the acting in it is so like people haven't learned how to act yet 1940s like so over the top <laughs> I Uma think that... thurman and batman and robin <laughs> yeah. the birds they're everywhere i don't know what to do it's bad <laughs> just throwing birds at it. <laughs> you right. can like see the strings yeah, in the yeah. background
1: Psycho is definitely the best of the bunch, and it was definitely well before its time. Like, it could fit in well with these mid 70s movies that we're going to get to. And
2: speaking of movies that have way better remakes, Psycho.
1: Oh, of course. Right. I mean, who's not a uh, Vince Vaughn
2: fan? The Vince Vaughn shot for shot remake (laughs) by Gus Van Zandt. I actually, you
1: know what the sad part about that is? Is Vince Vaughn does a solid job in there, but it's just. There's no reason to make a shot-for-shot shot remake of, of Psycho. Of anything.
2: Of anything. Don't make a shot-for-shot shot remake of anything. Of
1: Psycho, which you could... If someone told you Psycho is the greatest horror movie of all time, it wouldn't upset you. So yeah, to no, make, that's fine. to make a shot-for-shot shot remake of it is weird. Very I would say weird.
2: never make a shot-for-shot shot remake of any movie. Never remake a song the exact same. If you're going to remake or redo something, put a little bit of a spin on it. Yeah, a little Change a little it up bit. a little bit. A, a tad Just bit.
1: Just a little bit. Just yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit.
2: That'll bring us to uh, 1970.
0: You're traveling back
2: through time. Not physically, but mentally. With With Mac and Goo. In the Mac Mac and Goo time machine. So watch yourself. You never know what will be thrown into the Mac and Goofy vomit. Mac, (laughs) the decade... Is the 70s. Woo! There are a no award winners for a decade. Right. Like, there should be. Right. Kind of like how the NFL has, like, all-decade teams, which is dope.
1: At the end of the decade, there should be, like, a revised Oscars. Like, let's no, go back to, to 1970 the and Oscars. say, we fucked this up, let's give the award to someone else.
2: Well, what you can do is just make a decade show and just be like, this is the best movie of the decade. And then that makes it more inclusive and more things that you can put on the DVD cover. Certified fresh and that would be a really best movie of show. the decade. <laughs>
1: As voted by
2: two idiots. <laughs> All right, so let's start out with the dishonorable discharges. Sure. I will jump on this. Ben, nineteen seventy-two. Haven't seen it. It's about a boy and his rat. His okay. Rat Sounds becomes bad. a killer with a bunch of other rats.
1: That's like that Crispin Glover movie.
2: But the thing that makes this one stand out Willard. Sure. The thing that makes this stand out is the main theme song. Is written by a young Michael Jackson. Really? Ben. I'm not gonna sing, but Ben, the two of us need look no more. We both found what we were looking for with a friend to call my own. I'll never be alone. And you, my friend, will see you've got a friend in me. Wait, you've so he's. A friend is in he singing me. from the rat's perspective? He's singing to the rat, I believe. But he, oh, is the rat named Ben? Yeah, the rat's name is Ben. Gotcha. Okay. What's the kid's name? Ben? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Your name's Ben? Another dishonorable discharge would be Orca, the Killer Whale, (laughs) 1977. Shamu. No, I was so intrigued by this. It's a 1533 on Rotten Tomatoes, which, by the way, Rotten Tomatoes, if you look up any of these movies, they basically are all around like 50 reviews. Some of them are around 40. There Mm -hmm. were less critics back then, and then some of these movies... Don't have any following, so people don't really give a shit. It's true. Because I actually wrote for my notes here, Orca, the killer whale 1977, who gives a shit? (laughs) Remember Jaws? Well, this one has whales. (laughs) What year did this come out? 1977, so it's after Jaws. Okay, so they saw Jaws and said, we can do that, but with Shamu. Fun animal facts. So let's call this Goose Animal Facts. Sure. Orcas are not actually whales. They are dolphins. Dolphins. I didn't know they were dolphins. They're in I the guess, they're in the I knew dolphin they were family. Separate from like they're in the dolphin whales. family. Okay. And fun fact about they look dolphins. more like
1: dolphins than they do whales. Actually. Fun
2: fact about dolphins. Okay. They rape and kill for fun. I believe that dolphins are fucked up. So you can make a real scary movie of being stalked by a whale. And do you think that like happened to Elian Gonzalez way back in the day? I don't want to think about that. Mac. Okay. Well, I don't want to think about that. It's one just something bit. to think about. Two more. The Exorcist to The Heretic, 1977. Not good. 2013, not the year, but Rotten Tomatoes. This is directed by John Borman. Linda Blair is still in this one. Mm. And this is kind of the start of let's make sequels to all of these really big horror movies. Right. And this spawns just a load of abortions. <laughs> not actual abortions. No. But bad movies. It's a term. It's a phrase. Yeah, sure. And the final one is Jaws 2, 1978. Actually didn't do that bad with the critics, 55%. This is directed by Ginoa Swark. Ah, of course. Not Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. But it still stars Roy Schneider, one of the holy trinity of the original one. And just for my notes, I wrote money.
1: For money. I drew the line there from point A to point B.
2: It is following up on what some deem to be, and when I say some, I mean all, the first summer blockbuster. So why not cash in? Sure. And give the stupid shark a backstory. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, Mac, let's do some honorable mentions. Let's do it. I want you to start.
1: I'm going to start. I'm going to work my way up from the 70s. So I'm going to start in the lower 70s, the early 70s. That's kind of how I say.
2: That is how Wikipedia does it, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The last house on the left from 1972 Of course, they remade that maybe 10 or 12 years ago and actually wasn't bad. I think very good movie, very good premise to a movie. Yeah. Not very gory, just super, super creepy. Yeah, it's a Wes Craven movie. Yep.
2: Actually 61 and 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. I really like the idea of this. Mm -hmm. The remake actually isn't that bad. No, it's not bad at all. No.
1: I enjoy the remake.
2: Yeah. The Wicker Man, Mm. 1973 and 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics love. Yes, and it is British. It is. But the best thing about it is it spawned one of the greatest (laughs) remakes of all time, starring a bear-punching, not-the-bees, Nicolas Cage. So the original is... uh, Not a bear-punching, I'm sorry. Man-dressed-as-bear-punching-ladies.
1: Yes. I don't even know how... There's too many adjectives in there. But That's the best thing that came out of this, but the original is actually a pretty good movie. It's more of a thriller than it is a horror movie. The ending is pretty iconic. It's just very well-acted. It's a very good movie. Don't Look Now, 1973, a Donald Sutherland-led film. This couple's little daughter dies, so they move to Venice to try to get out of it, escape their life. Donald Sutherland starts seeing what he thinks is his daughter running around the streets of Venice, and it's a really well-shot, like cinematography-wise, great set for a movie, very, very eerie and creepy movie, and there's a great payoff towards the end. I recommend seeing that if you haven't.
2: 1974 is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 88 and 82, respectively. Respectively? Respectively. Respectively. 88 and 82 on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> this is directed by Toby Hooper. This movie. The Tobes. Yeah, this movie kind of makes me sick. Not going to lie. This
1: movie is legitimately terrifying.
2: It looks like found footage.
1: It looks like it really happened.
2: And it's not. The found footage of like, oh, it's just because like the camera's shaky. It yeah. looks because they use such cheap cameras. It's grainy. And it's... they like put Vaseline on like the lens. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: gross. You feel really yucky after watching it. You feel this movie. really
2: yucky. But in saying good job to Toby Hooper, mm. it is a ballet of gore.
1: Yeah. This might be the first real gory horror movie. Yeah. They attempted some of them in the sixties, but the practical effects just weren't as good.
2: If you had told me after this movie that they had actually disemboweled people, yeah. I would have said, sure. well, I, That's what it looks like. I
1: could see people like running out of the theater going to throw up because they felt so sick from this movie. The motion sickness, right. yes. Yeah, of course. 1974 yeah. is <laughs> Black Christmas. Now, mm-hmm. I have not seen this, but Rich Keefe is the one that said this is maybe his most underrated uh, horror movie ever and so i just wanted to shout it out
2: rocky horror picture show oh now this isn't technically a horror scary spooky movie yeah yeah it's uh has quite the cult following a little macabre i don't love it tim curry's really good he's a madman mm-hmm. and uh susan sarandon nice yeah this is i don't really love it either but i guess it's good that you said it it is a movie that played in my house constantly because mm. of my stupid drama nerd brother mm. I think that's the crowd that it's going for. Definitely. It's
1: definitely like a theater crowd type of movie. Yeah,
2: it's the old play-along crowd where they want the audience interaction, whereas we want no one to talk to us. No, I don't want... Never. That's a lie. Go on Twitter and talk to us. I'll tell you what. Last time I was in the
1: theater, uh, when I saw it a few weeks ago, there was a gentleman that sat like three seats down from me that got up like three times within the first 15 minutes of the movie. And I said to myself, if he gets up again... I am literally going to punch him in the
2: dick. Do you mean get up to go to the bathroom or get up and cheer?
1: Because he had to go to the bathroom or go get popcorn or whatever the that fuck he was doing. That has nothing to do with audience interaction. What are you talking? No, about? I'm saying I'm saying I don't want to be bothered at all in the theater, okay, is what okay, I'm saying. Okay, this, fine. this gentleman made me move three fine. times. It was going to fucking kill him. Go ahead. 1976 is The Omen. Yeah. This, of course, has that little demon child, Damien, and this is a fucking creepy movie, too.
2: It's all right. I don't really like this one. I didn't find it it's that's creepy. Scary. The it's, best thing that's, about that's, it that's is... That's the it, best thing about it. It's just The creepy. number of the beast. Number 666. Six, six. I think the best part about this is that it created the character on South Park of Damien, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Not a great first season, but one of the highlights of a pretty bad year. True. A Racerhead, (laughs) 1977. Speaking of grossing me out. I've never seen this movie, by the way. I've never sat. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do
0: when you win?
2: as a kid, you know, staying up for Cinemax, yep. you would sometimes come across some like weird stuff. <laughs> and this is one of them. And just everything about this, like even the score, if you hear the score, it'll make you poop your pants. Mm. It got, is.
1: He's got a real like kid and play haircut going on. He there. does. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole racer head thing that, there. That's the whole thing. 1976 is <laughs> Carrie. This movie has really long stretches where it's not scary at all. In fact, Carrie's a very sympathetic character. But there are other moments. There's like, three moments in the film that like really scare the shit out of you. It's maybe as far as like iconic movies go, this is definitely up there.
2: Okay. And my final one would be 1979's Amityville Horror. Mm, The Ryan Reynolds film, I believe. (laughs) Yes. Ryan Reynolds back (laughs) in 1979. It's got a 30 and a 52. I'm surprised by the 30. This is one of the better haunted house movies. And it's based on a true story. (laughs) Loosely based on a true story. Different
1: things completely. Yeah. Couple more, actually. Yeah, the original Hills Have Eyes, nineteen
2: seventy-seven. Oh, it's gross! Really graphic oh, film, dude. This very graphic film. This is something here, is and this is why I don't love a lot of these seventies movies. Mm-hmm. I hate the film. I hate the grainy film, <laughs> and it but also it, that's kind of why it makes it so great. Like I can't even watch home videos of my mother and my uncles because of like the film. <laughs> You're just disgusted with the quality. I'm just like this makes me sick. <laughs> Who edited this? This well, is terrible. Not the editing, but like the, just the film. It's so grainy uh, yeah, and okay. gross. That's fair. It's like uh, boogers. <laughs> also, that movie is just disturbing as shit. Uh,
1: 1978's Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Uh, very good movie. I actually think the remake is better, but this is a very good movie. Shout out to Zack Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> When a Stranger Calls, 1979, very, very eerie movie. Remake was terrible. The original is like your peak. If you wanted to scare the shit out of like a 14-year-old girl who babysits, show her this movie. The
2: remake had Miley Cyrus. No. No? No. Nope. Thinking of something else? Yes. Lol.
1: <laughs> and then two that I've never seen, but I have been told multiple times I should see, Susperia, 1977, I hear that's a very good one, and Phantasm, 1979,
2: I hear that's very creepy. All right, Mac, let's say we go ahead and start nominating for the Mac and Goofy Vault 1970s horror films. Would you like me to go first? I will go first. Okay, sure. My first nominee is from 1975 and is the first summer blockbuster, Jaws. Mm. Rotten Tomato scores of 97 and 90, directed by Steven Spielberg, or as some may say, Spielboig. <laughs> Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, or as some may know him, Mr. Julia louis Dreyfus. Is that who she's married to? Hmm. <laughs> it's blew your mind. I didn't know that. This movie is wonderfully put together. It was way over budget, way past schedule, and that actually made it better because they weren't able to show the stupid mechanical shark as much as they wanted to. And if you showed the shark more, I feel like that would have been more of a goof on the film as opposed to making it better. The Indianapolis speech by Shaw is one of the greatest in film history. Yep. The spacing and the thrills and the horror between the shark kills, because you can't just have kill, kill, kill. You gotta build, 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 mm-hmm. and it's done perfectly. Mac, we need a bigger boat.
1: <laughs> I think what makes this film so great, it's a fear that everyone's ever had is like the ocean, the unknown, what's below your feet. Orco whales. <laughs> like when you're when you're in a boat in murky water, not necessarily murky, just dark water, you have no idea what's below you. And if you have like any knowledge at all of ocean biology... Uh, do you, you? Some. How do boats float? I, that's a whole... Di- I, buoyancy, I do not know. Okay. I have no idea about that. If anyone knows how boats float, please tweet at us. But if you see like one horseshoe crab once, and you're like, this thing is on the shore, what the fuck's 20 feet out? Bigger horseshoe crabs. <laughs> right, exactly. But just with that knowledge, or an octopus, or a squid, yeah. toying with the unknown is why Jaws is so great because, of course, the great white, you know, comes and eats the shit out of people. But it's more so that, dun-dun, 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 and there's nothing even there, but the music yeah. with the floating water, and you don't know what's there. It could be anything. It could be anything at all. It could be a great white. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's why that movie is great. Now, just remember this, gang. With no Jaws, there is no Orca or the Killer Whale. <laughs> there is no Grizzly. <laughs> there is no Jaws 2. There is no Jaws 3D. There's no Harry and the Hendersons. There is no Jaws 4. There is no Babe. <laughs> it's a real pioneer
1: for, yeah, really is. for animals and film. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> My first nominee is going to be 1973's The Exorcist, directed by William Friedkin, I believe is how you want to say it. Friedkin? Based on a novel, The Exorcist. Stars uh, Linda Blair as the teenaged girl who was possessed. Um, The Exorcist, I saw, it was one of the first horror films I ever saw. And it still, to this day, might have been the greatest scare I've ever gotten in life. This film, from the get-go, is oddly silent. Like, there's not a lot of happenings going on. It's a lot of dialogue. And then the shots shot real dark. Linda Blair being possessed in the bed, basically the whole movie. And you have a lot of one-on-one with her and the priest. What is the priest's name? The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Father Marin.
2: Father Mark Marin.
1: I'll tell you what. Don't show this to like a 9 or 10-year-old kid because it's going to scare the shit out of him.
2: Are you sure? Like it did to me. Are you sure? Yeah. So, Mac, the score in this. Yeah is beautiful. It is great. And something that we're still kind of getting today with like the synth type of noises mm-hmm. and we're getting with stranger things once again, but like you got a, a big organ yes, type of situation. Basically after this, you got this type of score in The Omen, a variation of it in Halloween, everything throughout the 80s. So this was a huge pioneer in just having that great soundtrack. Granted Psycho also had a very good one too. Mm-hmm. But this movie made all the money. It made so much money in 1973. Crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. It scared a nation, which is something that not a lot of movies do. Mm-hmm. And it had people vomiting in the theaters. <laughs> There's a couple of really gross scenes. Yeah,
1: really gross scenes. And this was received well by the critics, oddly enough. Yeah. As gross as it is, it's 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, but
2: 87 by the viewers.
1: 87 by the viewers. But I would
2: but- assume that's more the viewers that are seeing it now. But if you saw it right. in 1973. Right. You're probably throwing a Bible at.
1: Yeah, it probably would have been much worse than that. Yeah, but it's weird that the critics like it because that's how it it made so much money. Critics went out and saw it, said this is a really good movie. People went out and saw it, and it's the first horror film, like you said, that really like captured the country. And yeah. what it did is is it gave rise to the rest of these '70s horror movies. You know, we had a couple honorable mentions there before. 73, but pretty much everything else was after this because of The Exorcist.
2: Yeah, after this, from like 1974 on, it's just basically the horror movies double and triple after that every single year. Studios
1: weren't so afraid to give funding to someone that wanted to make a horror movie because of The Exorcist. Yet
2: everyone else was afraid, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Because it's it's a scary movie, man. Right, right, right. My next nominee is Halloween from 1978. 93%, 89% 93%, 89%, directed by John Carpenter. Two amazing performances in this by Donald Plasance and Jamie Lee Curtis. The score in this really sets the scene. Great opening scene with young Michael. That's all you needed into his backstory. You mm-hmm. didn't need this hour showing of him in the mental institution and all that stuff that we also see a breast. Yes, we did see breasts. You are you are correct. We saw his sister's breasts. But we didn't need the Rob Zombie backstory of his broken childhood and right. his stepfather and you all that crap. You didn't need to humanize him so much. We didn't need to humanize him. All we needed to know was that he's the boogeyman and he's out to kill. Yeah, We didn't even need to know, like in the second one, we found out that Jamie was his sister. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, we found that out. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I would prefer not knowing that, and it's just him chasing down teenagers, chasing down children. And the best thing about this movie, like everything is the best thing about this movie, Mm. but the best thing about it is the suspense that is built throughout the entire thing where you don't know where Michael is at any point. There really isn't that much gore. There's a little bit of blood, but not a lot. The speech given by Dr. Sam Loomis about Michael's eyes. The end chase scene of him following Jamie around the house Mac and I had this, both of us, in our influential movies. Yep. There is a reason for that. I believe this movie is the best horror movie of the decade. I would, actually, I would agree with you there. And I think
1: the score, obviously, is amazing. But why this movie, I think, is so good is because they took this really simple idea of Halloween, the yep. holiday that everyone every year gets dressed up, tries to scare people, just the idea of Halloween, and they turned that into it's worst possible form. You have a killer that comes out every year on Halloween and kills. So it scares the shit. Like now no one wants to go out on Halloween and enjoy trick-or-treating this data, the other thing. And moreover, the way that Michael Myers stalks his victims in this, like it's a slow, he slowly just walks. He meanders. Yeah. And everyone's running, Mac falling all over. <laughs> I have, a word, I have yeah. a word of the day. I have a word right. bank next yeah. to you there. Um, <laughs> I have a calendar next to me. <laughs> I think it's so well done, where, Rotten Davey, <laughs> where you have Michael Myers stalking his prey, and he's literally just walking, and it's believable. Yep, it's, it's just—it's
2: weird that it's believable, but it is. It's just a simple mechanics uh, yep. suit and a painted William Shatner mask. Yeah, that's it. And, and then all you can see is those black eyes.
1: Mm. Mm. And the ending to this movie where Donald Poisson shoots him off the balcony. Yeah. And you think, he's oh, finally, they've defeated Michael Myers. He goes back to check on Jamie Lee
2: Curtis, Laurie Stroud, comes back, Michael Myers is gone. And you're like, what? Yeah, and this, I can't really say whether or not they had done this many times with many other horror films in the past, but they really left it open. They set it up
1: for a sequel. Yeah, yeah they they fully intended on making a sequel, really. Yeah. Which is Even which though was we, rare for a we horror film.
2: Later found out that Carpenter wanted to make an anthology, which right. you know, let's do two of this, two of this. But uh yeah, sequel's pretty good. Yeah. But they tried to make it more gory because it's after Friday the thirteenth, so they tried to keep up with that, mm-hmm. try to keep up with the trends at the time. This one was more of a trend setter yeah. and didn't need all those crazy kills.
1: Just a Quint Essential Seventies movie, if there's ever been one. It's Quint got- like from Jaws. Boom. It's got anything and everything you'd ever want out of a good movie. And on top of it, it's a horror movie. Yes, so
2: It's spooky. Boom.
1: My second and final nominee is 1979's Alien, directed, of course, by Ridley Scott, starring Sigourney Weaver as Ripley as our first really maybe ever badass leading lady. Heroin. Heroin. There you go. It was our first badass. <laughs> swept the nation. Big H. <laughs> this movie is genre breaking how about this genre breaking i've never heard that before (laughs) it is an unbelievable science fiction film but also an unbelievable horror thriller and i think what makes this movie so good is they really nail the science fiction aspect of it like you're not at all questioning the space aspect so you're in the setting you're in the scene and then you're introduced to this fucking alien creature that stalks sigourney weaver for two hours and she's unbelievable at acting in scenes where there's nothing else there. Like There's so many scenes where it's close up on her, her reaction, her face. I would be hard-pressed
2: to find a better science fiction-horror combination than this one. And this is the only movie that I found out of all these that had over 100 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Everything else was around like, 50, or some of them had 69. I yep. just wanted to say 69. <laughs> hey, nice. But this got a 97 and a 94. 94 and 94. Dual 94s. I thought it was a 97. I looking, right looking at it right now. Okay, well, then I saw a different Rotten Tomatoes. Dual 94s. How do you feel about that?
1: This movie is just really well done. It's captivating. You're fully invested on what's going on. Not a ton of jump scares, but very eerie and more of a thriller than it is a horror movie. There's always a question as to what is which. You yeah. know, are thrillers really horror movies?
0: Dumbelight. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
1: Regular thrillers to have them in their own category.
2: And you also say not a lot of jump scares, but this movie has one of the greatest jump scares of all time. It's true. I'm going to spoil it because this movie is 80 years old, (laughs) but the old chest burster. Oh, so good. So good.
1: (laughs) The first time you're seeing this, you just think like, oh, man, he's got a really bad tummy ache. Get this man some Pepto-Bismol. And then all of a sudden, a fucking alien just bursts out of his chest. And you're like, what the fuck? Like you said, one of the best jump scares ever.
2: All right, Mac, what are the four nominees for the people to vote on so, on Mac and Goo Podcast on Twitter? That is where you vote, folks. At Mac and Goo Podcast, M-A-C-A-N-D. Yes. Goo Podcast. And these polls are always posted around 6 o'clock on the Goos day of the episode release. Yeah. Mac, what are the four nominees?
1: Our four nominees are The Exorcist from 1973, Jaws from 1975, Halloween from 1978, an Alien from 1979. I think Goo and I both agree here we would vote Halloween. I think it's going to be a two-team race here between Halloween and Jaws. Unfortunately, I think people wouldn't vote for Alien just because it's not horror enough. And The Exorcist, although it gets credit for kind of jump-starting everything, it's not as good as the other two. So I think it's going to come down to Halloween and Jaws. I like Halloween because I just think it's a way better movie. I think Jaws, it's really it's those two notes put it above and beyond most other things, but when compared to Halloween, give me Halloween.
2: All right, Mac, let's do a quick final thought between the two of us. Real smorgasbord. board of final thoughts. Like Mac that. loves the word smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. It's a real if, liquid O. If
1: I could name every episode smorgasbord, I would. Smorgasbord one. Mac, smorgasbord Mac two. Mac
2: really pushed for that last week. <laughs> okay, so first off, let's start out with the SNES Classic. It yeah. came out this past week. We both bought about seven of them. Yeah, I've already sold one last night, and Ooh. I'm about to sell one here this afternoon. How about that? Mac, what do you think of the actual system, though?
1: I actually think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so the interface is a little weird. I don't necessarily like the home screen. I've played Super Mario Kart, Super Mario World, and
2: uh, one of the racing games, maybe? You say, I played Kart, and I played Zelda. I played a lot of Kart yesterday. Kart is very difficult. Dude, I was getting maybe like third or fourth place. Right? I was getting like sixth or seventh every time. I was playing with Dana, Yeah, and Dana was playing the Switch recently, mm-hmm. and she was first place every single time. Really? She was beating Mammoth Gamers' Ken Border. Okay. They were like one, two every single time. Yeah, right? yeah. And she was playing snes version eighth place every single time and she was getting lapped
1: snes version is much harder than i remember it is insanely
2: hard it's so much harder to how steer that, with the arrows and i don't know if they made it harder for this game maybe it's possible how did i play this as a kid I, that's and, a good question and that's I a was, very good question i was really good at mario kart on the snes as a kid i don't remember if i was gold I, cups all around <laughs>
1: yeah. Go- I guess it's you gotta adapt to the arrows but there's the one course in particular with all the mud everywhere I literally I got lapped like three times I I was so bad at that
2: here's a key when you're driving around turns you gotta take your finger off the B button
1: there is a drifting button too but I can't get if you you hold the top two triggers you can drift with that it drifts I believe but it's hard to control I know that you
2: can jump with hitting the R I
1: think if you hit both you drift the old trigger button it's very difficult to get a hold of though.
2: either way thumbs up from me I'm a little disappointed in they didn't make it full screen but I understand why they did, because yeah. that's how the yeah. original one was. You made. get
1: the two black bars on yeah. the side,
2: and then I still would have preferred more games.
1: Yep, 100% agree with that. I but mean, we went 20, it.
2: It's 20 good games,
1: 20 good games. We went our podcast. Well, listen we to did.
2: episode 37. We did games that should be on the SNES. And Classic. We had about 40 of them, we had 40, but then I cut it down to 21. Okay, and right. there were some turnover there, but. They did a pretty good job, but I think they could have done better. Yeah. So the SNES Classic also is like the size of a Tic Tac. Insanely small. I didn't expect it to be that small. So it's literally handheld. Maybe you could have made it one third the size bigger and added 10 more games. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. know. What do I know?
1: Um, I would say the two drawbacks to it to get back to the home screen after you've played a game, you have to get up and hit the reset button
2: unless there's something that we don't know.
1: Right. There's possible we haven't <laughs> yeah. figured it out yet. And then the controller length, again, not great. It's about five feet You have to buy the extensions. If you don't buy the the controller extensions, you're not going to want to play the system. Because I
2: actually tried playing Mario Kart Mm -hmm. with the normal size length next to my 60-inch TV. Yeah, yeah. And I believe I had a seat. <laughs> I believe I had the, a seizure. The
1: extensions are great. It gets you out to a, about 11 feet, and you can actually sit on a couch and play the game.
2: Next up, Mac, you saw Inhumans, or some of it.
1: Yeah, so I missed the opening 10 minutes, which is probably vital to just about every cinematic or television thing ever. Uh, so I missed the setup to the whole thing. So I was very confused, and I happened to be working while it was going on, so I had to leave for uh, like the a middle librarian. half hour. Yep. Um, so I missed about 40 minutes of the two-hour premiere. Let me tell you this: It's not good. It's not good. There's a lot of things wrong with it. I don't think it's four percent bad. It's at four percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and maybe it's four percent good. By the way,
2: <laughs> right? It's ninety six percent bad. Yes, yes. Math and goo.
1: There's only twenty eight reviews on it, mm-hmm. and of those twenty eight reviews, it's all based off the pilot, so it's not very fair to judge in humans off the Rotten Tomatoes score. The user score, I believe, is like 50 or 54%, and I think that's more in line with what this is. It's not the worst thing you've ever seen. It might be the worst Marvel thing we've ever seen, but that doesn't necessarily make it the worst thing ever. I would say this might be in line with Iron Fist when all is said and done, but one of the strengths, I think, is going to be, it's only eight episodes, so I don't think there's going to be a ton of wasted time like we've seen in the Netflix world where there's 13 episodes.
2: I didn't see any of it. Mac, Curb is back. We're recording before the episode, so I can't give you...
1: A pilot review. However, I just wanted to tell you guys, Curb's back. Please watch it. If I'm ranking my greatest television shows of all time, Curb's number one for me.
2: Top three comedy for me. Another show that is currently running, uh, episode two of Gotham came out last week. Mm. And uh, the cheese factor. (laughs) Through the roof, I might be out again. A lot of cheese. There's a lot of cheese. Outside of the Scarecrow, which that storyline isn't even that great, it's really, really, really... How is this show still on TV? Maybe people are just waiting to see Batman, and now that they're seeing Batman... Like, Lucius Fox walked in last time. He opened up a case with a pseudo-batsuit and says, for when you're climbing mountains. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Come on. Not good. Not good. Not good. This Is Us came back last week. Um, We found out how the father died, but we don't know why it happened. Was it uh, 9-11, like you thought? It was not 9-11. Okay. It was not 9-11. All right. What it seems like, it was, spoiler alert! The father's kind of a drunk at this point now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he wanted to seek help, and the wife is like, no, let's go home. And then the next shot is her driving up to a burnt down house. (laughs) So we don't know if the father accidentally lit the house on fire and killed himself in that, which would make sense because he's ashes now, and that's generally what happens when you get burned alive. Right, right. (laughs) You turn into ashes. (laughs) So, you know, story checks out. Um, But we don't know what the time lapse is between them finding out and, you know, this happening. Gotcha. So another show that I am balls deep in, Mm. American Vandal. It is awesome. Netflix property. Netflix property. The funniest thing about it is the repetition of the word dick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because the pilot episode, someone drew 26 dicks on the teacher's cars. Like going around. Yeah. And it's them trying to figure out who put the dicks on the cars. Yeah. By the way, this is uh, recommended by Ryan Davey, or as some know him, Rotten Davey. Yes. Right. And that's how I would know him. There's this kid on the show named Alex Trombone. Yeah. Who like makes everything up. Like he always says that he was like the drunkest at the party <laughs> or he got a hand job from somebody. And this kid is just such a dweeb. And he's the one that ratted out the kid that everyone thinks did it. And it's just a real who's who of who drew the dicks. And it's so, it's just so stupid. It's so funny. The kid that is being blamed for it, he's in a group of people that make prank videos and they're called the Wayback Boys. And just anytime they mention the Wayback Boys, I laugh so much because their stupid videos are them like, it's called baby farts. And they walk up to people and they fart on babies or or dad pantsing and they'll go up and they'll dance dads in the park. It's so stupid, but it's so funny. And Dylan also one time got a detention for making whale noises. That happened to me. <laughs> Shamu. I got there it is. De- I got detention for Miss Goodman's class. Or <laughs> oh. Goodwin. I don't know. It was Goodman, I think. Goodman for making whale noises. And actually said that, making whale noises. On the- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the final episodes. Yep. Here's my prediction. Okay. Mac drew the dicks. Not you. Not me. Dylan's girlfriend Mac drew the dicks.
1: I'll tell you what. Oh, it's a chick named yeah. Mac. I was a dick drawer back in the day. If you left your agenda Who wasn't a dick drawer. If you left your agenda out oh, yeah. and like went to the bathroom, I drew a cock across like four weeks and you had to get a new agenda. Here
2: was the key to when you were drawing a dick in like a textbook. Mm. You don't put it on the two inside pages. You, no, you no. want to pick like page seventy one. Right. Draw a dick on that.
1: You want it to be subtle so that at one point, like in the middle of a lesson, in like October, yeah. a kid just starts laughing
2: because he's turned the page and there's a big throbbing cock. <laughs> I know Watertown's version of the Wayback Boys, an unnamed cousin of mine and his buddies. (laughs) They would always write down one of their buddies' phone numbers in every single book. So we get that. And then, Mac, finally, Friday Night Lights.
1: Yeah, speaking of being balls deep in a show, uh, Friday Night Lights I have literally watched 50 episodes of in about six days. Unfortunately, it has left Netflix. It left October 1st. I was not able to finish the whole series. It was too scared. I got through three seasons, and I think season one is great. It's very much like the movie in terms of the plot it follows. Season two was abruptly ended because it came during the writer's strike. I didn't think it was bad. It just ends abruptly. There's no real, there's no closure to it. And then season three opens trying to fill the plot holes from the end of season two, and it's just not good. I did not enjoy season three. Hopefully, four and five save it. Michael B. Jordan comes in season four, so I'm looking forward to that. However, I'm going to need to get I think Shime Time actually tweeted me and said he's got all the seasons on DVD, so I might have to utilize
2: that. How about that? Mac, that'll do it for this week of Mac and Goo. Where can you find us?
1: Goo, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram. Mac and Goo Podcast. That's Mac, A-N-D, Goo Podcast.
2: And simple enough, really, follow us on the gram before it becomes way too trendy. Yeah, we you, you want to get at the, at the ground level. Right we now. are hotcakes. We are. We are hotcakes right now. <laughs> Flatjacks.
1: Uh, Griddle pads. Th- on other things, Facebook, Mac, Ampersand, Goo. It's there. Spreaker, Stitcher, CastBox, TuneIn, yep. Tune iHeartRadio, Google Play, we're all over the place. But the most important platform of course, is iTunes. Uh, We can't let those fucks, Mac and Gatos, get above us. We're going to need you guys. Sons of bitches. (laughs) We're going to need you guys to search us on there, Mac Ampersand Goo. Subscribe to us, rate us, and review us five stars. Because we have
2: very fragile egos, (laughs) and nothing makes us feel better than a big, juicy, throbbing review. It's great. And if you do that, we're going to get you a fun pack of Mac and goodies
1: and a fantastic T-shirt from the folks over at Watertown Sportswear that's Watertown Sportswear, 34 Montauburn Street, Watertown, Mass., www.WatertownSportswear.com, 617-924-1840. You can email them, wswprint at verizon.net. Watertown Sportswear are expert screen printers and embroiderers. They make your
2: dreams come true. Fox out. That'll do it for this week of Mac and Goo. Only one episode this week, but it was more of the introduction into Macabre and Ghoul. Come for the friendship, stay for the booze. Stay for the ghoul. No, the booze. <laughs> okay. Like a ghost says boo. Uh, and you like alcohol. I do like alcohol.
0: Booze.
2: <laughs> Once again, as a quick teaser to the rest of the month, more Mac and Goovy Horror Decade Vaults, a Treehouse of Horror Draft, the Halloween series, Halloween TV, Mac Likes Candy, Mac Likes Music, Halloween Ooh. Edition, and Halloween 2017 predictions. Gang, come back again all the time, Tuesdays or Goos days, I abuse kangaroos. Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure. Okay, round
0: two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.